Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Welcome back to Killer Fun, where we explore the intersection of crime and entertainment every other week. I'm Christy. I'm Jackie. And today, today, we are talking about Megan, M-3-G-A-N. So I have to apologize because I kept saying it wrong. It's not M-E-G-3-N. It's M-3-G-A-N, which makes so much more sense. Yeah. But I I said it wrong like a bunch of times. Okay, but when you said it, I just translated. Yeah. On the fly. Like it didn't even occur to me because Mm -hmm. I saw it correctly in my mind. Yeah. So that's where I heard it. Yeah. Yeah. And also I said it was from 2022, which kind of technically it is because it had its premiere in December of 2022, but it wasn't in wide release in theaters until January of 2023. Yeah. That makes sense. But it's still a 2022 film. Like if you look it up and it's, it's going to tell you 2022. Right. I don't know if they did that for award season, which I don't believe um, it won really. And I think at like an MTV, like maybe that award, kind of thing. But, but that not, would make sense. Them squeezing yeah. it into that award season. Right. But when they're so close. Yeah. Cause you don't want to be so first and new in the season uh-huh. and not be like a highly anticipated critical film. Sure. You know, to the whole right. community because otherwise you'd totally be forgotten. But it wasn't like Oscar bait. no, <laughs> Which I'm totally fine with. That's why they can't be be first. first. Right. Because it's not Oscar bait, so it will be forgotten completely. But slide it in right at the end, and people are like, hey, remember that fun popcorn movie we watched? Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. You know? So I don't think ears stretch like that. (laughs) But, uh, you know, I can suspend my disbelief. Yeah. Okay. That's fine. Yeah. (laughs) All right. So the cast... Allison Williams is the super smart, robot-obsessed Auntie Gemma. Uh, She's been in HBO's Girls as her best-known role. But Megan isn't her first foray into horror. No? No. She was Rose in 2017's Get Out. Wait, what? Really? Yeah. (gasps) Oh, mm-hmm. I don't, I didn't I've put never that seen, together. I've never seen Get Out. Now I'm, I'm like, I should go watch that, I think. You haven't seen Get Out? No, I've not. Get Out. <laughs> I mean, wow. Yes, put that on your list. That's uh-huh. like a, you're in deficit right now. So you I need watched, to like. I watched a scene with her in it and I'm like, okay, this looks good. The movie was phenomenal. Oh, good. Oh, good. Oh, Get Out is phenomenal. Oh, okay, good. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. It was just one of those that just slipped by me. and Oh, man. I need to rectify that. Oh, yeah. Violet McGraw is Katie. This is also not her first foray into horror. Really? Yes. Uh, young Violet was in The Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Oh, okay. Yeah. Very cool. Amy Donald is the physical Megan. Mm-hmm. Um, she did almost all her own stunts and that, she, all the dancing, she's like a ballet dancer. Oh and, my gosh. Yeah. It was so, so cool. Yep. And she was also in Sweet Tooth. 
on Netflix. Jenna Davis is Megan's voice. She's done lots of voiceover work um, and some smaller roles on Mm -hmm. TV because AI is a field where women are typically underrepresented. Mm-hmm. I'm, I have decided I'm going to overrepresent women okay. in the cast, and that's all of people I'm, I'm talking about I'm, today. I am on board with that. <laughs> that is totally fine. I'm like, here we go. We got a woman scientist. We've mm-hmm. got a child. We've got women yes. playing this robot. It's a women film. Yes. Yes, which is why Done. it's a true crime film. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I kid, I kid. So recap. Recap. Poor Katie. At just nine years old, her life has an unimaginable tragedy, the death of her parents in a car accident that left her with what seemed like only minor injuries. Mm -hmm. I mean, she seemed not that hurt for something that claimed both of her parents. Yeah. But that's why you put them in the back seat. That's right. Exactly. And... Then she goes on to live with a murderous doll, but I'm getting ahead of myself. (laughs) Katie goes and lives with her mother's sister, Gemma, who is the head of development at a high-tech toy company after her parents' death. Gemma isn't well-suited to caring for a child, but she tries. Her situation seems to improve when Gemma introduces Katie to her latest expensive and unsanctioned project model three generative android megan 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 is given a directive protect katie from harm physical and emotional megan takes this directive very seriously and it's possible that she doesn't really understand the assignment. (laughs) But uh, who doggy? That android can sing, dance, and murder with style. Absolutely. Seattle is lovely. (laughs) Well, it is, but that's not where this was filmed. Okay, that makes sense. (laughs) That makes sense. It's a little bit more lovely in the film, it seems. Uh I've only been there once, but it was lovely. Mm -hmm. I was was a kid, but... I remember it being very pretty. Mm-hmm. It was actually filmed in New Zealand, and that that tracks. This is this is why it looks so so lo- pretty, so lovely. I want Gemma's house. I mean, for real, it's in New Zealand. I don't want her neighbor. Oh no, but I do want her house. However, let me say this: I do want that relationship with a neighbor. Oh, where you like actually know their name and talk to them and yeah and where you can actually just be real about things uh-huh. you know she could be a little catty like oh my gosh shut up you know yeah. like move on <laughs> or just get your dogs you know like uh-huh. they could be real without it being some sort of like fear of the whole thing falling apart oh yeah it did but you know <laughs> we'll get there <laughs> we'll get there <laughs> Uh, Yeah, it was filmed in Auckland, New Zealand, primarily because it was filmed during COVID. Mm. And there were very few cases of COVID in New Zealand. Yeah. And so anybody who was coming to work on the film from out of the country did their quarantine. And then they, once they were released from their quarantine, they could just go about filming like normal. I mean, that's pretty amazing. I mean, and Gerard Johnstone, who was the director... Mm -hmm is a native New Zealander. Okay. So that makes sense. It made too. total sense. And then they used locations 
there in Auckland, Auckland University of Technology. Okay. Served as the foyer for the company. Mm-hmm. Funky. 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 The dance hallway scene, Gemma's workspace, Gemma's office at Funky, the white chamber where Megan and Katie first meet, right. the place where they had uh, forest school, yeah. all, all in New Zealand. And then there were some B-roll and non-establishing shots done in Los Angeles. And then reshoots were done in Poughkeepsie, New York. Yeah. Poughkeepsie. Poughkeepsie. Interesting. So all horror movies reflect our fears. Mm-hmm. So that's kind that's of fair. the yeah. service that they provide. Mm-hmm. So you might think, oh, it's our fear of death. I mean, yes. I mean, yeah, that feel, but that I feel like that's just um, that's kind of a given, right? Like, there's usually something else. Mm-hmm. So, uh, inconceivable reviews suggested that it was making a commentary on parenting in the 21st century. Oh, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not there with them. Oh, you don't think so? No, but, I. I think. I think. I think they're getting distracted by the bells and whistles because the issues of parenting are not new. Well, no. What they were thinking of was that Gemma said, now you can concentrate on the important things rather than the repetitive nature of being a parent to a younger child, Mm -hmm. that Megan could take that over and that it's sort of an allegory for iPads or phones or whatever. I mean, I get it. Yeah. But that has always been the case. I think that's what the perspective I have on it oh, okay. is that that was always the case. Before that, it was just the television set, mm-hmm. right? Before that, it was, it was just a ton of toys uh-huh. in the room. So that Before they could, that, it was, I gave you a bike, mm-hmm, get, get out. out. <laughs> <laughs> the irony. <laughs> Uh, yes, I mean, like, I think the the issue is parents are always juggling where is it that I can simplify so I can imp- focus on the important things and then having to go back and I- re-identify what's important to them. Right. And I think people do this all the time, mm-hmm. even dropping kids off at an extracurricular, right? Sure. A sports game, a, you know, a dance class or whatever it mm-hmm. is, constantly is sort of the same thing. No. Sure. Right. Okay. I mean, you know what I'm saying? Like, right. Because that I feel like that's where I'm saying is like, it's timeless that juggle and this now we just have different, maybe that makes the impact worse in some ways. Uh-huh. Um, but I don't think the issue is much different. Okay. Although I think my that's dad fair. would disagree. Oh, okay. Cause I asked for him for advice, like, I don't know, a handful of years ago. Uh-huh. And he was like, I don't know, kid. Yeah. He's like, I don't he know said, how to deal it's with it. So different now. I don't know. Aww. And I like I I kind of that made me think about it really hard and go I think I think it's more timeless than people think. Oh, that's fair. I hope. Yeah, that's fair. <laughs> you know what's you know what's a not a timeless social commentary that we now have to worry about mm-hmm. is privacy. Yes, because that is absolutely a thing between Megan and the perpetual pets. We'll get there. Yeah. I think um, that's the thing. That's the that's the impact. The impact is so much worse because it's faster. Yeah. And it gets away from you. Sure. Whereas like the television, it could be like, ooh, I didn't expect that to come on next. Uh-huh. Click. Yep. You know? Right. But I mean, here's Megan. Mm-hmm. She's doing these things. She's 
tracking her temperature and her respiratory rate and her heart rate and all different kinds of things that she's doing all of this video that she's intaking. Yeah. uh, And it's all, you know, for your convenience stored in the cloud. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. By the company that sold you the expensive toy. Yes. It is. That's a whole and different a, ball. I that's mean, what's like and that's super where you, when you look at that as if it's, that's the other concern of, you know, letting your kids play on the iPad and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Whereas just watching TV mm-hmm. and or playing with toys in the past. Right. Now you're opening them up perhaps in some situations to having this privacy, having their preferences used yeah. against them or like, to somebody else's benefit. It's without their consent. And without their consent. I mean, because that's the thing. Those are the things that I think are the new things we're dealing with. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that they get, they do nail it with that. Like, I agree. It, yeah. We deal with some things that have never been dealt with that get away from us faster that we don't know how to come across and say, oh, we got to adjust this, mm-hmm. you know. But like the privacy thing, we're just now at a time where the first Facebook babies uh-huh. are a full grown adults. Yeah. Right. And the research on their experience of having this online baby book that was open to so many people and what it's been like and the results are not encouraging. Right. And that's hard because that was a decision the parents made that was so super helpful to the parents. Right. Right. Well, how do you get pictures to grandma and aunts and Mm -hmm. uncles and cousins and people you can't see all the time? Well, you just put on Facebook. Yeah. And... Hey, boy, that's easy. Yeah. And then all these parents who used their relationships with their children for their blogs. Uh And this is how they made their living. And not to mention the little things like, I just can't believe there's naked pictures of me on the internet. Yeah. Right? Like these kids are saying. Yeah. Right? Because they're like, they didn't consent to that, but they're adorable little toddlers in a bathtub. Right. And it was a cute thing. And everybody was adult about it when when shared. We were, oh, that's a baby and that's adorable and Uh that's super cute. But now the person's growing up and they're like, it's one thing to have that in the baby book if I've invited you over to the house. Right. And then we go through the pictures. Okay, fine. But like literally anybody could stumble upon the picture uh-huh. And not necessarily be so, you know, upstanding about it. Right. If if the parents don't have their privacy settings appropriately. Exactly. So, yeah, whole yep. issues. Yeah. Right? Um, and then she also pointed out that there are some things that are done to kind of remind you that you can laugh at this movie. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Yes. Like Megan's hands. <laughs> They're like, she's wearing oversized gloves. They're yeah. just a little puffy. Yeah. Like, and you can laugh at this. Yes. yes. There was a lot of good moments. Yeah. So did you love it? I did. I did love it too. I loved it. Do you want to see more of it? No. Oh, they could, well, they have greenlit a sequel. Of course Because they did. it made $179 million Against a $12 million budget. Wow. I mean, I loved the, I like the practical effects. I liked all of that. So I liked the fact that it wasn't super, super CGI and yeah. all of that kind of stuff. So it felt like a great, great popcorn movie. Yeah. But, exactly. you know, what they do is they make sequels of these things uh-huh. and then it's like, okay, well, now you've just ruined the franchise. Good mm, job. Probably. But 
It has a release date of January 17th, 2025. Now, of course, there's been a writer strike and yeah. an actor strike, but Blumhouse, the production uh-huh. company for this, has evidently an agreement with both uh, SAG and AFTRA. Okay. Okay, so good. All right. it may or may not delay things. Okay. Yeah. So there is the little AI port Elise that was in Gemma's house. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. I mean, they left it wide open they for a did. sequel. I mean, they always do. Yeah. I guess I'm a little like... You're a little jaded by it? I'm a little jaded because they, they have ruined they have ruined our trust. <laughs> Uh, They have made so many movies, and this is why we can't have good movies. Yeah, that's fair. (laughs) Gerard Johnstone, the director, has agreed to return. Uh, One of the writers, Alika Cooper, also Also? has agreed to come back. That's good news. It is good news. I mean, well, and the the director said that there were a lot of ideas and themes that they had for the movie, but they really wanted to keep it like a 90 minute fun, enjoyable movie. Mm -hmm. And in order to do that, they had to cut out a lot of the ideas that they had. So, okay, well, that makes me feel better about it. He's got some more themes that he'd like to explore a little bit. Okay. That feels less like a. Like a algorithmic money grab. Sure. So I mean, it's absolutely an algorithmic yes, money but, grab. But there's a literal... Yeah, they have more ideas yes. for story. Yeah, They're not like, we came to the end of the story. And, and now, now we're going to... Uh-huh. And now we're just going to do this for the cash. Right. And we're going to make up something along the way. Right. No. Yeah. They literally have more ideas okay sorry all right fair okay so we're (laughs) going to take a real quick break we'll be right back with is it true psychology break and real life after this lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. So here's how it works. Christy wrecks her search history. Hey, NSA, we promise it's nothing more nefarious than a podcast. To find out what's true, some of the psychological motivations behind the character's actions and real-life applications that relate to our topic. I have no idea what Christy decided to look up. Could be the same thing that captured my curiosity or something I never thought of. 
is it true? So we don't really do reviews of other people here anymore. That said, <laughs> Mia Mercado from The Cut okay. had a really fun way of kind of doing a review. And it's so funny. Okay. Share All right. Let's it. talk about so it. So she, she wrote, every thought I had while watching Megan. <laughs> so thank you, friends, for teaching us what this term means. She called the fake commercial at the beginning and a moose-bouche before the terror. I'm oh. like, oh, yeah, that's fun. <laughs> that's cute. Uh-huh. Dog in the first act. Sorry, buddy, you're going to die. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, Gemma does not want to ant. She only wants to robot and work. Yeah, fair. Mm -hmm. That was exactly true. Yes. (laughs) So I asked you this before. Okay. So that you could be thinking about it. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. So if Megan had fans, what would her fandom be called? So like... You know, Bay has her swarm, right? Exactly. Right, no, she has. She she does not have a swarm. She has the, the beehive. Yeah. The beehive. The bay sorry, hive. we did yeah. the thing. Yeah. You know, sorry. So if you are confused right now, we covered the we covered swarm, swarm which, which is was like, based on the beehive. Yes. So yeah. yes. Sorry, it's not the swarm. It's right. not. I like <laughs> that's an old episode. Y'all go go listen to that. No, the beehive, right? Um, yeah. Swifties. I think I'd have to go with like um, Meg fans. Okay. Like, you know, Megan, uh-huh. Meg fans. Kind of sounds like OnlyFans. Okay. Or like Megabots. Or I Megabots. That was funny. I like that. Uh-huh. I also kind of liked Slicers <laughs> or Defenders. Defenders. Uh huh. But, oh, Mia, over at the cut, she had a good one. Okay. Hit she me. was like, maybe Meganistas. But then she had another suggestion. Megan the Salians fans are called hotties. So, robotics? Oh, I'm like, or bodies? <laughs> uh, like robotics? Uh-huh. It's like a Roboctober. Uh-huh. Roboctober. In many ways, Megan is a woman in STEM. <laughs> <laughs> I, I just thought I it was so, really funny. I have so many thoughts. Okay. Yeah. Megan's singing, and she says, Megan the musical when? <laughs> I'm like, I would absolutely go see Megan the Musical. Me too. So so, um, briefly, there is a song written for the film called Tell Me Your Dreams. Yeah. Then she sang David Guetta's song featuring Sia, Titanium. Yeah. Which I was like, oh, (laughs) I love this song. Oh, my gosh. Um, And then Accentuate the Positive. It was... Bing Crosby had the most famous version of accentuating the positive. <laughs> oh my gosh. That's pretty great. Yeah. Those are some good thoughts. Yeah. Maybe we should start oh. doing that. Thoughts of the. We, we should was... catalog our first thoughts and oh. then go through like a, a list of them. That should be fun. That would be fun. Uh-huh. And then everybody can do it with us. That's they can right. submit their first thoughts. That's right. I don't yes. Know. First thoughts. First thoughts. And then her, uh, the last one that I wanted to mention to you about was uh, <laughs> Megan's not our murderer. She's an anti capitalist. <laughs> <laughs> oh like, my God. You're funny, Mia. No, she's funny. So perpetual pets. We see them in the commercial at the very beginning. Oh, yes. Um, and Katie is playing with hers in the backseat of the car moments before her parents die. Yeah. Um, which is ugh, so yeah. sad. 
But it's obviously based on the real world Furby. Oh, yeah. Okay. And I thought about Furby and then I thought about what is that little, the digi thing? There's a digi version that I had, oh. right? Where you had to like, it was oh, almost like yeah, a pocket di- video di- game. Digipets. Di- yeah. They were digipets. And then there was another. Yeah. Then there was another version of that. I don't, I wish I could remember what it was called. I don't know, but I do remember like on the little tiny screen, uh-huh, and you had there to was a little feed it and yeah, stuff. And then it would poop uh-huh. and make the little, and you have to clean pile, up the poop. You have to go clean up the poop uh-huh. with your three buttons yeah, and your two inch screen. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. I didn't ever, I I don't know if I ever had a Furby. Did you have a Furby? No, I never had a Furby. I feel like okay. I had a Furby. Um, I didn't. I had aged out of them by the time they came out. So they were the yeah. must-have toy in the Christmas season of 1998. Yes. Yep. So, so I was a little... senior in high school. Right. So I technically should have aged out of that as well. <laughs> but I think I think family members got me a Furby. Oh, really? Right, oh. thinking it was so unique. And... Yeah, like Fun and, yeah, Yeah. a little creepy. Uh So you did have a Furby? Did you enjoy it? I don't know that I ever did anything with it, really. Oh, okay. Yeah. But they were the first successful attempt to produce and sell a domestically aimed robot. Okay. Oh, interesting. we've moved on to ones that actually do things for us, like vacuum the floors. Oh, that's delightful. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Pools. They make big Roombas for your yard now. Uh Uh-huh. Yes. Touch of grass. Yeah. There were some security concerns when it initially came out. With a Furby? Yes. The National Security Agency here in the U.S. on January 13th, 1999, (laughs) banned them from their property because they were worried that they were a security concern. And Roger Schiffman, who owns Tiger Electronics, who produces Furby, said it had no ability to do any recording of whatsoever, that the only thing it could hear, mm-hmm. quote unquote hear, was a monotonous beep, like the Furbies would quote unquote talk to each other. Okay. And that was the only sound that it could hear was this beep that right. it created. And uh, they did eventually lift that ban okay. for the original Furby. Because later versions could do it. The Furby Connect did have a microphone could be connected through a Bluetooth connection, could be remotely activated, and can record. Okay. So, wow. So, like, yeah, that is a security issue. Don't don't take a Furby anywhere that's... You could do... Yeah. yeah. So, is that current now? Then there is a ban still for I that? don't know. I don't that's know if they... But I would think that they're probably telling you, you know, don't bring any recording devices into work or, like, only your approved... Yeah. Devices should come to work if you have questions. Yeah, me and about, Siri. <laughs> yeah, you should maybe if you have questions about an electronic piece of equipment you'd like to bring, talk to HR. Yes, ask your people. <laughs> talk to your chain of command. Mm-hmm. That's funny. So, how big of a threat are snowplows? I've never lived anywhere there's snowplows. Oh, they're they're big problems. They're, they're but they're also wonderful, right? But yeah, they're terrifying. Yeah. So they're terrifying, but oh, I love this. This the article is from a law firm. Okay. It's the perfect law firm oh, to no, use an article really? for Kilino. K-I-L-L-I-N-O. Kilino yeah. firm. It's a little uh-huh. funny. It's a little close. Yep. They're out of Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. And they said that uh, 70% of the roads in the U.S. receive 
five inches of snow or more on a regular basis in the winter, okay. which I did not realize it was quite that much. That, so there's that a makes lot sense. of snow. Yeah. Yeah. To, um, to me, only because I've lived around. Sure. So, yeah, that makes sense. There is no federal agency that tracks crashes with snow removal equipment. Really? Yes. I don't know why that's so surprising. But I was surprised too, but I'm like, oh, I guess. But there's the states themselves will track some of this Mm -hmm. and often publish it. So, for example, in Iowa, they average about 46 snowplow accidents every winter. Okay. Not... N- not like what not happens most in the of, movie. Yeah, most of them are not deadly. Right. Most of them are like damage to your vehicle or mm-hmm. whatever. Iowa, just for giggles and grins, is bigger than Iceland or England. So, <laughs> okay. Just like, yeah. is it bigger than countries that get snow? Yes, it is. A little aside, because I was like, how big is Iowa really? It's pretty big. It's pretty big. Yeah. <laughs> Top contributions to snowplow accidents okay. are inattention or misjudgment by the snowplow driver mm-hmm. account for 38%. Okay. Which I would say maybe the snowplow driver was a little bit in the wrong in the movie, but also maybe not. Yeah, maybe um, not. Inattention or misjudgment by the other driver. They... Uh, they absolutely misjudged their situation because they understood while they were in it that they shouldn't be sitting there and yet they still were. Yeah. And poor visibility. I think that's the biggest factor at work in the movie is that there's, yeah, yeah, it was a, it was a, it came out of nowhere because it was a blizzard. Yeah. Yeah. So I think in the movie they did a pretty decent job of making it feel like a freak accident. Mm -hmm. That something that may be common, but really never does like this, right? right. Where it's, it was weird, and that's and that aided the suspension of judgment for why she was unharmed. So right. it was just one of those weird freak accidents mm-hmm. where it was like, but because they were talking in the car about how it was supposed to be clear, it wasn't supposed to be snowing yet. Da 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 da. It came out of nowhere, and then they were like, "We'll just wait." So, and then I think because it came out of nowhere, the snowplow was moving too fast right? to try to get ahead of things. Yeah. It was just a... They just had to get rid of the parents. Well, that's true, too. I mean, this is... <laughs> yeah, It was a plot device. It was a plot device, but I thought they did it fairly well. <laughs> I thought so, for too. For a freak accident it was, thing. I mean, I didn't yeah. expect to come into this movie having a whole lot of facts thrown at us. No, not so much. Although, I have to say, there was moments like when we were dealing with like the kid and the and Megan, uh-huh. where I was like, oh, uh-huh. that hits. Yeah. That hits what's happening right now. Mm-hmm. Like, yeah. All right, so Gemma doesn't really know how to relate to Katie, like, <laughs> yeah, at all. Statement. You know, her recently orphaned niece. But they finally connect over Bruce, a proxy robot that Gemma made when she was in college. Yeah. And I was like, what is a proxy robot? That was I pretty cool. I think I know, but basically it had, it was very simplified for a very complex robot. Mm-hmm. So all they had to, to control Bruce was gloves and evidently that was all you needed to be able to control Bruce. Yeah. And he was very large. He was very large. So, but in theory, Mm -hmm. what we could, could and should be using proxy robots for is to either on earth 
or in space right. to be able to mimic the movements of a human so that we can go to a dangerous place and observe and also interact with It's the like a living avatar kind of thing. Yes. Situation. Exactly. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Before we can get to that level, yeah. we have to have things like what's happening at the Cornell College of Computing, where they have a robot called Remotion. It occupies physical space on behalf of its user. <laughs> That's so eloquently put. Mm-hmm. It uh, mirrors movements and things mm-hmm. like that. So it's got a monitor for a face. Yeah. It's got omnidirectional wheels for feet and game engine software for brains. That's so it can cool. it can move around and then there was another Cornell based product called Neckface. What? T- terrible name. Why do I hate that I, so immediately? I hated it too. I'm Why? like you need to Go to the marketing teams and have them rename this for yeah, you. Yeah, you might as well have named it Moist. But it- <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> neck face reaction. Neck no, face. Yeah, yeah it's so dim- <laughs> it's like grating. Uh huh. All right. That's oh, it's bad. So and all weird. it does, all it does, is like track the movements of your head basically and parts of your body, so that the <laughs> robot can interact. But it's a Terrible name. I can't, I can't get over what a terrible name that is. Neck face. Neck face. It, it feels like, it's like somehow, like an uncanny valley feeling. Uh-huh. Yes. Yes. It's like, wrong. it's wrong. Yeah, like, like it's, it's just It's wrong. like almost right, but it's wrong yeah, in its something. almost rightness. Cornell, mm-hmm. get on that yep. now. <laughs> and right now... Remotion uh-huh. can only be used if both the person operating the robot and the robot are in identical situations, oh. which I can see how that might be helpful if it's like a laboratory setting right. where they're trying to collaborate between two different people. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So that they can be picking up and moving things at the same time in the same right. way or whatever. But but it seems it practically, not practically that's not very helpful. No, no, it's gonna have so, to. That's interesting. Yeah. All right. So the police in the movie <laughs> refused to do anything about the neighbor's dog because the neighbor said that the nine-year-old had provoked the dog, and yeah. so there was nothing he could do. Yeah, that is wrong in, like, every way. Every way. Like, I don't know that, like, I was thinking about that when I saw it. Was yeah, like, I, I was don't, like, I don't oh, think that's the law. so if she said that the child provoked the dog, I'm like, also, that child should have gone to the ER. Mm-hmm. There was no, like, clean that wound. No, we go to the ER, yeah. And we have a professional do this cleaning Just out sure. of the wounds because uh, dogs mouths are really dirty. Yeah. And uh, yeah, gross. But uh, yeah, that's not the way it works at all. Yeah. Rose Klein and Marius injury lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> now, provocation can have a role. Okay. Yeah. T- tell me more about that. Yeah. In your degree of liability. But it doesn't absolve you of liability just because you told the officer that the dog was yeah. provoked. So I mean, and does it does it have to be provoked? Like, doesn't it? Okay, I don't know about this, but okay. my thought is: Does provocation mean you did something that would? 
typically make a dog defensive. Uh-huh. But does that action have to be some sort of like normal threat you might get arrested for anyways, like trespassing on your prop, breaking and entering or verbally threatening you or something like that? Like, wouldn't those kind of be the same? Like, it can't just be like you provoked it because you looked at him funny and that dog doesn't like that. Right. It would, uh, in some places... The standard is that a reasonable person would conclude that you were trying to provoke the dog. Right. It can't be on accident. Right. It can't be on accident. It's got to be like you poke the dog with the stick in the eye. Right. Like, you know, that would be provocation. Right. Even then, it's the onus is on the dog owner to prove it. Yeah. It's not just tell the police officer. Because, Because of course the dog was provoked. That's like basic biology. Mm-hmm. Unless, unless it's legitimately been deemed a psychopathic dog, uh, in general, all dogs are just responding to the stimuli. Right. Right? Exactly. So, of course, it was provoked. Yes. If, so, <laughs> like, I mean, but, I mean, even if it wasn't, mm-hmm. I mean, she reached through the hole in the fence. I guess, technically, that could be considered provocation. I mean, but... But I think the And she kept insisting that it was Gemma's fault for not repairing. I'm like, no, your dog obviously made that hole in that fence. Yes. It's your job to mm-hmm. fix it, not hers. You have the dog you have to control, so yeah. this is a you problem. Yep, yep. Exactly. So now, if a victim is found to have contributed to the dog bite incident... By a court of law, yeah. because you have evidence that you have provided, then the percentage of their fault okay. will lower the damages that they are entitled Required. to. So okay. even if a person is found to be 80% at fault, mm-hmm. that doesn't mean you don't have to do anything about right. it. It just means... If your dog, if the dog had been entirely at fault, or you had been entirely at fault mm-hmm. because you had not restrained a dangerous animal, but they're found to be eighty percent right. at fault for it, then they would take the amount that they would be mm-hmm. awarded and lower it by eighty percent. Right. So you'd still have to pay them. You'd still have to pay, and I guess there is some difference between uh, whether then the dog is like put down. Right. Right. Like if, you know, if the dog had bitten somebody before because they're a little dangerous and then mm-hmm. owners were, you know, penalized for that, but then made the appropriate, mm-hmm. you know, but, but somebody else came into the property. Right. Against like a clear like boundary. Right. And then got themselves bit. Right. That, that dog would not be put down for that. Right. Because then it would be a provocation issue, even mm. though the dog has a history. Right. Boy, dog law. Court of law. Oh, that would be a great reality Dog TV law. show. <laughs> it would be so great. No, no. What I really want is like an Air Bud situation <laughs> where you have a dog as a lawyer, where the dog is like Lassie and figures yes, out how to like solve the crimes. Yes. That would be an adorable, Dog law. adorable show. Dog. Whatever. At law. I'm uh-huh. still thinking about it. Yeah. Like there's. Somebody's got a There's really a good Disney- title, like on the tip of their tongue, right There's now. There's a really good Disney Channel show in there. Oh yes, uh-huh. absolutely. Uh-huh. It could teach children about the the law and how the law works. Mm-hmm. How cute! It'd be a little civics show. Oh, so cute! Somebody get on that. 
Somebody get on that who is not part of the Cornell group. No, because if you're, <laughs> then you're going to get up with like you're going to get dog law. Yeah. Instead of but you know like something adorable, uh-huh. right? Because instead of you know snuffle poo. Yeah, snuffle poo. Mm, yeah. Or a doggy at law. Yeah, you does know, it doggy at law? Yeah. yeah. Well, we just yeah, don't want we, dog law. Yeah. You no, want we also cuter. don't want neck face. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So Megan's a crafty bit of artificial intelligence. When will AI be able to outsmart us? Oh, this question is like, okay, I did spend the entire time watching this movie going around and round and round myself on this whole subject. Okay. Yeah, my brain, my Google, like everything. It was uh-huh. just like, yeah. Uh, Probably not for never. a long time. <laughs> if ever, right. If ever. I don't know it can because... This was such a clear demonstration about how you can't, how the robots don't really understand the assignment. Right. There was an article on MIT's engineering blog in 2018. Okay. So a while ago that said human level machine intelligence Mm -hmm. at that point was, had a 50% chance of occurring within the next 45 years and only a 10% chance of occurring in the, in nine years. I would say we're pretty close to that nine year spot. I mean, it's been five years since Mm -hmm. this was done. I don't think we're going to make it in the next four years. So, and the reason why is because there's a couple of things that humans can do pretty well that we cannot figure out how to program the robots to do. Right. Like they're so intuitive to us. We don't even know how to tell them to do the thing. Yeah. One of those is one shot learning (sighs) where you can show a child an object in just a few incidents. Not incidents. Instances. Instances. Thank you. You can show a child an object in just a few instances and they can categorize it. So they can understand having seen an orange once or twice that it's an orange and an apple once or twice that it's an apple and that they're fruit. Right. We can do that categorization pretty easily. Yeah. Then there's also intuitive physics. Mm -hmm. So like if a fly flies right at your face. You don't think about it. You just move out of the way. You just move. You don't always move all the way out of the way. No. <laughs> Sometimes we Sometimes don't. Sometimes you get hit in the face by the Sometimes fly. Sometimes you swallow it. <laughs> if, you know, like if you have like a glass of wine outside and a fly's in it and you just, you're reading and you pick up your glass of wine mm-hmm. and it's like as it's entering your uh-huh. mouth, you're like, oh, uh-huh. and you eat the fly. Yeah. Sometimes. A little, a little protein. It's a little fine. protein. It's fine. You didn't taste it. Uh-huh. <laughs> it was disinfected because of the wine. It was. Yeah, it's it was fine. fine. It was fine. But they don't know how to program that. And it makes sense because we are walking. We are covered literally from head to toe in a, in a walking sensor. Right. Right. So they there's only so much censoring we can put on a robot mm-hmm. to be able to sense. And we sense things that, that are so inter intertwined uh-huh. like, you know right that all of those sensors i love the internet of things but they just don't intertwine the same way right yeah so as megan is um dealing with the neighbor um we come to realize that she's self-aware 
And the neighbor asks her, what are you? And Megan replies, I've been asking myself that same question. (laughs) So are there AI that can learn? Okay, but learn is such a broad word, right? It it is. But this one was interesting because uh, Google's AI, DeepMind, has an AI model that's called RoboCat or Gato. <laughs> I think technically it's named, but they nicknamed it RoboCat. Okay. Of course, you know, we understand machine learning mm-hmm. can happen when they can either model or have uh, access to a lot of data mm-hmm. in which to understand when things happen. So RoboCat can learn new tasks with as few as 100 demonstrations. Okay. So it's faster than it's been before. Not thousands, but hundreds. And it's multimodal. So it can process images, language, and action in either physical or simulated environments. So it's got more ways to learn. It's not only one of those it can learn these from any of these right so that's helping it master tasks more efficiently with less human interaction right that's pretty cool yeah i mean that's pretty cool i mean the thing is like she became sentient we're gonna get there oh yes i'm so excited And she was dealing with the neighbor. <laughs> you say dealing with the neighbor. Uh-huh. Euphemism. <laughs> she shot the neighbor from several yards away with a nail gun. Yeah. Yeah. So I was like that. I, I thought as I'm watching, I'm like, <sighs> they have safety mechanisms in place. Um, they do, but you can override them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you can and by like, accident sometimes. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah. yeah. So I wanted to know, like, <laughs> how far can you shoot? Yeah. How a far nail does, with... like, a good nail gun go? Okay. So the old pneumatic nail guns. <laughs> those are like two and a half to three miles. <laughs> I mean, overkill. I mean. It's amazing that the nail actually just went into what it was being Like that it didn't stopped. fly through the fence. Yeah. You know, but it shows you how it's like in there. Uh huh. Yeah, it's, it's in there. It's doing the thing. Yeah. Nowadays we have <laughs> low velocity nail guns because somebody realized <laughs> we don't need to shoot the nail with enough force that it would go three miles if no. it, the safety mechanisms weren't there. Okay, <laughs> this you know what this reminds me of? All right, in about 1998, yeah, 1998, 99, maybe 97. They around came the out time with, you got a Furby. Around the time the Furby, yeah. Uh-huh. They had a Super Soaker come out. And there was two oh. different models of this particular Super Soaker. And it was so powerful that kids were getting, like, severely injured. Oh, jeez. And I, I never looked, obviously. We couldn't just be, like, Google. But, like, on the news, it was like a kid had been almost killed. Wow. Because it was so powerful. And I was, like, giggling because I was like, well, that's why everybody wanted to go buy it. Because right. it was so powerful. But they actually removed that. Wow. Like, they pulled it, and they just came out with another model. It was basically the same, but just uh-huh. less powerful. Right. But seriously, that sucker on a football field, I mean, I could get you at, like, 40 yards. Uh-huh. Easy. <laughs> oh. Easy. Now, at 40 yards, I'm not killing you, but if yeah. I'm standing a foot in front of you, yeah, and I aim at your throat, yeah. 
Yeah, you're in trouble. You're in trouble. Yeah. If I just kept it going, because, you know, it was like continuous uh-huh. spray. Right. Backpack and the oh, whole thing. Oh, yeah. Like, you could drown somebody. Oh, it was craziness. That's what I used to think of, like, the uh-huh. nail gun. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Crazy. Yeah. So the current ones, <laughs> if you were to disable them, could only shoot three to five feet. That's better. Uh-huh. It's much better. You could go... Uh, 30 to 50 yards if you have a more professional high-powered one okay. that most people wouldn't have that in their house. So no, you can't shoot it very far unless you disable the safety mechanisms. Though we know that Megan had access to the internet. Right. So she could she learn probably that. She probably looked it up. She probably could learn it. She was waiting. She had some time. Yes. Yep. And then the pressure washer. You mentioned oh, the. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Yes, yes, yes. You mentioned the yeah, super, the super soaker. Is the pressure washers? You know, uh, was a thing. Oh yeah. Uh, we, it was kind of uh, alluded to mm-hmm. in the regular version, which is, I'm sure, probably what you watched. Yeah, I think I there just was the regular version. uncut version, which has more gore Ooh. and more language they cut it to pg-13 okay to try and get the teens to yeah, go to go to the see movie. megan which evidently they did since it made a lot yeah. of money i love um, the fact that it was 90 minutes thank you thank you thank mm-hmm. you thank you perfect okay. yes <laughs> slasher movies don't need to be longer no, than that they just don't theoretically yes yeah, the pressure washer could kill i would think that the neighbor would have had ample time to scream and yell and uh also get some some yeah. help she wasn't it wasn't the most secluded area it's a suburban neighborhood i mean yeah there's neighbors it's not like they're super far away because no. that's the whole problem with the dog was yeah. the dog was right there anyway the actual problem with pressure washers is that the injuries that they cause can sometimes seem really minor when they're not because i could yes all right now i can that makes sense to me right because of the way that the welt would come in you could uh-huh. end up with Almost like a bed source, like a type of deep wound. Right. Yes. Because it can make a very small wound that you may think is not dangerous. Yeah. And yet what it's done is push bacteria deep within right. the uh, tissue. Mm-hmm. And if you don't catch it, it can, I mean, turn amputation and all kinds of stuff. So yeah. you should definitely uh, be very careful with those and in mm-hmm. uh in fact consumer reports doesn't even review pressure washers anymore that come with a nozzle below 15 degrees so they have okay. different nozzles they're 0 15 30 mm-hmm. 45 usually it goes in increments of 15 okay and the the wider they they are the, right, less, the less pressure pressure so you can use them for different things so right. if you have a you know if you're going to wash your car you probably want to use a much lower pressure because yeah. you don't want to take your paint <laughs> off right? but if you're cleaning a driveway yeah, you want you a can... higher pressure i mean think about it if mm-hmm. you're cleaning your driveway if you just stood long enough it would eat a hole into the concrete yeah maybe don't point it at your foot maybe not maybe don't maybe don't Maybe wear boots. Yeah. And um, <laughs> they, so Consumer Reports doesn't okay. d- even review ones that come with the zero okay. ho- because it's just needlessly like, dangerous. N- They're yeah. like, it doesn't do such a better job than the 15 degree. Mm-hmm. And yet it's 
so much more incredibly dangerous. It seems to me it would make a very, very fine line. Yes. And it would feel like coloring a poster with a fine tip marker. Uh-huh. Yes. Like, that seems not necessary, too. Depending on how big your driveway uh-huh. is, maybe a football field. Seriously. Yeah. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. All of the sources that we use to inform our discussion here on Killer Fun Podcast can be found on our social media. Join us on Facebook at Killer Fun Podcast, exploring the intersection of crime and entertainment. You can find us on Twitter at Killer Fun Pod, or you can send us an email at KillerFunPodcast at gmail.com, and I'd be happy to share a link to whatever information you're looking for. We love to hear from you. You might learn a little something, too. Psychology break. Okay. All right. So briefly, uh, Gemma wasn't wrong when she encouraged Katie to feel her pain yeah. in her grief, that that is actually a mm-hmm. important part of the grieving process and understanding it, particularly for a child. Megan was very intent on saving her from her emotional distress. And so she wasn't letting her feel her feelings. Right. The first time we see that she doesn't actually understand the assignment. Uh, right. Exactly. We see Katie feel like a sense of numbness in the beginning before Mm -hmm. she has Megan. And then later she's irritable and angry whenever she's not around Megan. Those are signs that you might need a little extra help to support children through the grieving process. Uh, Physical closeness, comfort, reassurance are Mm -hmm. really, really important. Talking about memories of their loved ones is also really important to help them remember good things and not just the death, uh, acknowledge and validate their feelings and, and just be really patient Mm -hmm. and you know, it's okay to not have all the answers. Yeah, absolutely. And the teaching, I mean, that's what Gemma in that one moment, she actually said something that was kind of a teaching moment, Mm -hmm. but you know, Megan was too far gone to then receive like influence anymore. Right. You know, but like that teaching moment is important. Sure. Help them learn how to deal with the pain. Yeah. Deal with the grief. Exactly. Yeah. So that therapist. <clears throat> bless her. Bless the writers who didn't know anything about what a therapist might do when they come in. Anyway, so she was court appointed, uh, it seems, and she comes in all judgy that Katie's in her PJ at 9 a.m. I'm like, uh, grieving kids can stay in their PJs for a while if uh, they want. I think it's okay. Much. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I th- she had clothes on. Mm-hmm. She wasn't naked. I mean, right? I and think she wasn't, were... it wasn't like a school day. She wasn't slubby. Mm-mm. She wasn't even like, it was just pajamas. It's yeah. fine. Anyway, and then, then the therapist said that all she was going to do was uh, watch their interaction. Right. I'm like, okay, so the only thing I could find that's actually a therapy related is child parent interaction therapy. Right. Yeah. And that was wrong in all the levels. <laughs> well, the thing is they call her a therapist, but she's actually a social worker. Right. So if you look at what social workers are doing, they might actually do that. 
because right. they're not there to give therapy. Right. They're there to make a report. Sure. That's it. Sure. So she's just there to document whether the change of custody yeah. is going as as it should. Sure. Right? But right. She, so she's not really doing therapy, which is kind of that's the weird part. Like, but yeah, that's what so, she kind of yeah, indicated she that she of, was doing therapy. So if somebody were going to yeah. do child-parent interaction therapy, typically it would be for a younger child. Yeah. They don't do it for children over the age of seven, except in extraordinary cases, I would think, where your yeah. child is mentally younger than their physical age. Maybe. I mean, Even then it would be coached and guided. And yeah. if it's going to be filmed, it's because that they're going to offer feedback on that. Right. Because that, that kind of therapy is almost more for the parent. Uh-huh. It's right. the parent. It's like, yeah. and that's actually, and that's, that's the problem they had is they kept saying therapy and all that stuff. But really she was a social worker there to judge Gemma, mm-hmm. not Katie. Right? right. So she observes Katie to see how well she's doing to so she can make a report on whether Gemma's doing her job. So like I can see her wanting to come in and say, just y'all just do. Let me let me watch how you're interacting so that but then she gets weird about it. Well, and if she hadn't been uh, come in all hot and judgy. Right? Like she could have just easily watched interactions without she ruined it by acting by saying, We're gonna do the I'm gonna watch you uh-huh. interact. Whoa, whoa, whoa. And that was oh, study balloon. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, well, exactly. I'm gonna do this. And she was all like mean about it, yeah. first of all. And second of all, like no preparation, no warning, no like I'm just gonna come to the house and right. we're yeah. do- I'm just gonna see how you And she's sitting right there mm-hmm. like a catcher waiting for yeah, a ball. Like yeah, and like, no, 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 no. No, she's not getting any data that's at all really helpful. No. Yeah, because if all. they looked awesome, they put on a show. Right, exactly. They could have put on a show. Sure. Right, which is what Gemma ends up doing, right? Because mm-hmm. with the toy thing. Right, yeah. and she opens her... <laughs> That was the most ridiculous part, maybe, of the entire movie, was that she had this collectible toy, and then she agrees to open it, which she probably wouldn't have. No. Uh, um, And then instead of, like, opening it carefully, she, like, smashes it. it, Because that's how she feels about her life, right? Yeah, exactly. Whatever. Just, you know, screw it all. Even still, she's an adult and a very intelligent adult. She would have done it in the nice way. But it was, I get how that was a better movie moment. Yeah. Whatever. Right. And then later, that same stupid therapist (laughs) um, tries to say that uh, because of attachment theory, that Katie is going to bond with the next person that comes along. I, that was a little bit of a movie magic moment. <laughs> I was like, do you understand detachment theory at all? <sighs> I mean, it is uh, based on the work of John Bowlby. Yes. From the 50s. And it basically says that early childhood experiences are going to develop your or uh, impact your adult relationships. They do, yeah, and with, they do bidirectionally with your with your natural sure. attachment style, but more so he's going with the na- the nurture over the nature, right? With the family systems, exactly, and uh, that is the primary criticism of attachment theory is that it basically ignores all of your natural tendencies right. when a lot of your personality comes right. from 
like yeah. your genetics. And I mean, the family systems is not a bad model. It's no. just not the only model. Right. It's a, it's a decent model. And really attachment has been found to be very, very steady. Sure. Right. When your attachment, if they, if they study you when you're younger, you know, a little kid whatever, and they, they make a determination about the attachment, that's fairly consistent with your attachment as an adult. Okay, great. Which is why maybe, yes, nurture, but also a little nature. Sure. Right? It can, it can be both. So, yeah. Because you have people who are in terrible situations but have found ways to attach appropriately and effectively Mm -hmm. with the adults in their life even for a limited amount of time Mm -hmm. and yet you can have people who are you know very have very attentive parents who are anxious little creatures yeah right there's just the attachment and And, i mean and and love is not the indicator of healthy attachment it's about relationship you know, skill. Sure. You know, but we look at infants and what we say, what we're saying, if we look at an infant and determine that the, that, you know, he has a, an anxious attachment or mm-hmm. a disorganized attachment or a healthy attachment, that infant baby or toddler, you know, I mean, that's not a whole lot of time for the nurture to impact. However, they're usually looking at that and the mother, Okay, well, that is the only interaction he's ever had to a large degree. I mean, so significantly compared to the rest of the world that, okay, might as well be the only, right? So, like, when you see that, that could be a reflection, but maybe not of of the factors we think it is, right? It could be a reflection of the mom's postpartum. Sure. You know, a depression. It could be... Just that person doesn't have a good understanding of parenting, mm-hmm. right? Or it's kind of a mismatch a little bit. But healthy attachment overall is definitely, you know, considered uh, important. Absolutely. Like vital. Right. Um, but, you know. I, but it wouldn't be the next person that comes no. along is the is who she's going to attach to next. Well, it's not and like, yeah. And that's not really little... attachment theory she's talking about. No. She's like. She's talking about uh, grief. Sure. And, and comfort and looking for that dopamine rush. The next person that gives her a dopamine rush, she's going to cling to. Okay. Right. That might be a little fair. Yeah. The next person that makes her feel loved and, and comfortable and safe, she's going to over overreact and cling to harder because she's in survival mode. It has nothing right. to do with her attachment. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like... Exactly. I mean, maybe it has a little. To, I can't say nothing, but right. like maybe a little. But uh, but that's we, not like the primary. No, I'm like, she just like flat out named that one. I'm like, that's wrong. Even I know that's yeah, wrong. Yeah, like okay, <laughs> okay. We just wanted to name drop. Is what we wanted. To uh huh. That's right. Name drop some family systems. Real life. Real life. All right. Yay for a woman. Not only being in AI, but being a leader in AI. A leader. So yay for that. There are only about 22% of women AI professionals globally. Isn't that interesting? Mm-hmm. In fact, there was a recruiter bot, according to Medium, that uh, had been given lots of data to help them find their perfect candidates among the pool of candidates who are available. And so based on that data, the qualifications, the uh, experience, accolades, all of these different things, the AI kind of decided that 
men were the perfect candidates because they had more instances of longer work history Mm -hmm. (laughs) and all of the stuff. So the machine kind of took it upon itself to eliminate women from the pool. Oh, nice. Uh Nice. They had to turn it off. They didn't understand the assignment. I did not understand the assignment. (laughs) I have the most sexist remark though. Cause I'm like, Oh yeah, of course, of course women don't want to be an AI. They have to literally raise everything. <laughs> they have to raise everything, and now you want them to raise robots. Uh-huh. Maybe, maybe we're not done with some of the humans yet. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> so do we want or need women in AI? Definitely. So course, yes. We, want, we don't just want women in AI. Yeah. So while empowering women to be in a primarily male-dominated field is good and yeah. makes us feel good, great. that's not why we need women in right. AI because they bring different experiences, different ideas, different you know levels of things that in their skill set that, yeah. you know, maybe helps eliminate some of the bias. We talked about this a lot the last we time. We have, we have. So, but I mean, to, uh, kind of like to the point I was talking about, it, it is a little sexist, but it's also very true. I mean, uh, most women are going to bring that perspective of nurturing, uh-huh. whereas men might tend to bring a perspective of programming. Uh, sure. And they talk, we talk a lot about programming the AI. If you want it to actually be generative AI, like sub-sentient kind of stuff, you're going to have to raise it from its birth. Yeah. You have to raise it the same way you raise a child. Yeah. Right. You have to impart, not program. Right. You have to, you have to guide, not, not just, you know, have instances of learning. Uh Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? Yep. Like it, you would literally have to raise it that way in order for, because all it's doing is reflecting us. So if all you're doing is programming it, that's how it's going to react to everything. Right. Exactly. Nicely done. Chema can confidently declares that 78% of parenting time is devoted to repeating basic instruction. Um, that wasn't something that I could find any statistics I, yeah, that seems on. Like a, it was made up. It, yeah, but I, but I feels did, like it. <laughs> I mean, yes. But there is something that 78% of current parents have in common that might affect the future of okay. the current generation from CNBC that 78% of Americans aren't confident that life for their children's generation will be better than it has been for them. According to a survey from March of 2023 in the wall street journal and the university of Chicago. Isn't that so like sad? Yeah. And I mean, it's easy to see why, because mm-hmm. we have climate change and politics are crazy. Mm-hmm. We have wars popping up all over, school shootings. It's easy to see yeah. why. I mean, I know I feel a little hopeless sometimes. Mm-hmm. That said, be careful, because it can be a self-fulfilling uh, prophecy. Yeah, for, I mean, for real. Here's the thing. You want to be real with your kids, but mm-hmm. you also want to give them hope. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, yeah. Here's another reason why we don't have to worry about Megan just yet <laughs> is that we don't know how to make AI understand cause and effect. Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's something. And predict a consequence. Yeah. <laughs> right. Because it's something we understand so innately mm-hmm. as humans. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even like if you did programming when you were a little kid and you learned about if then statements, uh-huh. to us, that seems like cause and effect. Yeah, but, it's, but, it, but it's not. And we don't know how to 
program the AI so that it can understand Mm -hmm. cause and effect. Because we we understand that if you pick up a beaker that's glass and squeeze it with too much force, it's going to break. Right. We understand the cause was squeezing it too hard and the effect was it breaking. Right. All the computer knows is... I have to pick this up with this much force. Right. It doesn't understand the next thing or picked it up with too much force and it broke. It doesn't understand that. Right. And we don't know how to make it understand that because it's so intuitive to us. Right. Right. The program we have to be so if squeeze more than Uh this, then break. Even still. But even still, that wouldn't tell it what to do in this situation. Right. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. So they've made like 3D models of like rooms. Mm -hmm. And if they ask the AI to tell us what color the ball in that room is, Mm -hmm. it can do it with accuracy over 90% of the time. Right. But if you give it an a scene to watch in that same room where something happens, the ball runs into the truck or whatever. Yeah. And you ask it why the ball ran into the truck. It doesn't understand. No, it'll give you an answer, but it's only right 10% of the time or so. It'll give you an answer because it's good at telling us what we want to hear. Yeah. It tries. It tries. Yeah. That said. Yeah. In 2022, I kind of forgot about this. uh, There was an, engineer at Google who suggested that one of their AI had become sentient. Oh, yeah. Uh, I mean, I get it. I, I, I mean, he, he needed a he needed break. He, I think he did. <laughs> I'm trying I, to be nice about that. I, I agree. But I think that was a little like, you. it was a Wilson moment. Uh-huh. It freaked him out. Him and his Wilson. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. Well. If you don't know what I'm talking about, this is a reference to the movie Castaway. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Blake Lemoyne had said that it had achieved person status because of how it spoke about its fear of death if Google were to delete it. And he insisted that he wasn't just being fooled by a clever robot, but that Google had enslaved the AI system. And, uh, yeah, uh, other experts didn't agree with him. Yeah. They, said, <laughs> they said humans have this innate desire to anthropomorphize objects and creatures. Mm-hmm. And AI is really good at telling us what we want to hear. It understands language well. Right. So they can talk about uh-huh. it intelligently. Right. It seems intelligent. Right. Is it really? Yeah. Yeah. Basically, the experts kind of agree it wasn't conscious. No. Other experts. But I don't think Blake is uh, engineering I, there anymore. No, no. I, he left. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, yeah, I get it. You, you're with it for so long, the way it speaks, and you swear you didn't teach it that. Uh-huh. And you can't trace it to where they put it together. Right. That's freaky. Yeah, because you know? we don't understand how the, they make the connections because they are doing aggregate data Mm -hmm. and looking at it in ways that we can't see, but they don't understand cause and effect. No. So, and that's, and that's the point, right? Right. So like, but interacting with it that often, I think it just, it causes a weird relation with the, the he's anthropomorphized it. Mm -hmm. He's 
equating it to himself, even though it is not. And uh, a lot of experts are trying to say there's a certain amount of like, if you're not made from like organic matter Mm -hmm. stuff, you're probably not sentient. Yeah. You could be made from organic stuff and still not be sentient. But there's certain something about bornness that Mm -hmm. gives you a, that certain something. Mm -hmm. And uh, Steven Pinker in Cognitive Science at Harvard said, we should aim higher than duplicating human intelligence anyway. We should build devices that do things that need to be done. Yes. Like, thank you. we should not be working to try and replicate us. No. It's not useful or helpful. I think the problem is people don't think creatively and innovatively about it. Also, I do give credit to the fact that we don't know what's next until we know how to replicate ourselves. Mm -hmm. So we we can't level up. When we can't do the first level mm-hmm. and replication feels like it should be the easiest thing. And it's, so, and it's really and it's not. So not. So I don't know that we can level up with artificial intelligence and that way we have to be creative about what that means. Right. Roombas. Yeah. Yes. It learns your room. It does the thing. Right. Uh-huh. I love like, I mean, we have so many things we could, if we would just do it that way, it doesn't have to feel personified right. to be artificial intelligence that we find to be very useful. So right. think outside the box. Yeah, but know? people want to do it. That's why they put googly eyes on their Roombas. Uh, thank you. Uh huh. Yep. Because they want to feel like because it's a yeah. That it's, it's like a pet. A, it's a pet. Yeah, I get it. Yeah, I get it. I'd like to end on a lighter note. Always, always. Let's end on a lighter note. We're going to talk about, even though Megan is a feat of engineering, the perpetual pets are probably <laughs> closer to what we would have in real life. So at uh, the Consumer Electronics Show in 2023, okay, they had a bunch of robot pets. Okay. So like one of them may be like the hot toy, and it was called Doggy. Oh, okay. Dog hyphen E. It's about $80. Okay. Um, it's shipping like just now okay. in the middle of October, 2023. To get here for the yeah, season. For, for Christmas. And it's like this little dog. Yeah. I think I've seen this. It's cute. It's, um, it was okay. Cute. Like the little tail wags <laughs> and it'll like, if you interact with it on the app. Okay. So similar to what we saw in the perpetual pets. Right. And, uh, you like put its name in and it'll wag its tail real fast <laughs> and then it'll write the name. So you know how you have those like spinny, like little fans that'll show you a picture. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. 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 Uh-huh. Um, it's like, it's the, that same kind of technology oh, that tail cute. wags real fast and you can see its name and it's got different colors and stuff like that. Well, that's adorable. Uh-huh. It's face is like a screen though, right? Uh, no, not that one. That one actually has like a puppy shaped oh, face. Oh, actually a puppy shaped face. Yeah, but the eyes can change color and stuff like oh, that. Oh, okay. Different parts of it change color. Okay, I have not seen this. Yeah. Okay. Then there's the Pixel, which is about $125. And um, it's more about teaching kids to code. Oh, okay. And it's got a very simple code and then more complex code. And you can go back and forth, which is actually the like the most interesting thing about that one. And it's cute. Yeah. Uh, then there's Miko. Miko. Uh-huh. I think I saw like some stuff come through, you know, oh Instagram, uh-huh. you know, after. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Miko sounds familiar. Uh, Miko has actually been on the market since 2021. Okay. It 
was retailing for about $250. This season, they're introducing the Miko Mini, which is about $150. And it's kind of a learning coach for kids. It has facial recognition in it, which is a little... But the company, Gizmodo, said that all of the AI facial recognition is stored only locally. Okay. That it's not sent anywhere. And that that option is completely optional. You don't have to use it. You just won't quite have all the functionality. Interesting. So that one's the doggy. Oh, yeah. That one's the Miko. See? Okay. Yeah, that's the one. With the screen. Okay. Then there's another one. It was so darn cute. It's expensive. It's called Luna. Okay. Um, And it also recognizes faces. Yeah. And it retails for about $530 with the wow. uh, accessories. The accessories. The charging port. Oh, well, that's not an accessory. No, I agree. That's that's something you have to have. No. <laughs> I mean, like... No. You kind of need it. I mean, I guess technically you could probably plug it in and it's nicer to have the little charging port where it charges itself or whatever. Oh, yes. And then there's like okay. a game thing with it. Mm-hmm. That one's really expensive, but dang, it was cute. <laughs> it was so adorable. I'm like, okay. But the reviewer that talked about all of these said he found it was very cute, but that it feels a little brittle. Hmm. That it feels not as uh, robust as you might want for that kind of, yeah, that kind of toy. Yeah. Right. That makes sense. I mean, all I can remember is going to the mall and you have the pet shop or not Uh pet shop. So so the, um, the toy shop that had the little fake pets out front, Uh the little dogs, they bark and and they bark and then Mm -hmm. they flip over. Yeah. That's all I can think about. I'm like, I, for all of that money, I get it. There's some things there, but I feel like the feeling of having the fake pet uh-huh. is just as fine in that like twenty dollar item. I agree over there. And then if you go to the pet shop, you can actually buy a pet for these prices. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, yes, I mean now these won't have to go to the veterinarian. No, and they and they won't need any you know Food legit or, cleanup. Right? Yeah. You know. There we go. Yeah, but but, but even still, <laughs> there's no. There's nothing like your sentient pet. Yes, thank you. Exactly. <laughs> a real animal. Yeah. All right. So next time we're going to talk the Murdaugh murders, a southern scandal. Um, we're going to start this from the beginning. Yeah, so let's do that. It, uh, it first came out at the beginning of 2023. There's mm-hmm. been a second season, quote unquote. There are only three episodes uh, yeah, they're per not season. Long. They're not. It's not long seasons. Yeah. But Alex Murdaugh's justified downfall. <laughs> I'm excited to watch this. Yeah. Yeah. I actually watched the first part of it and I wasn't sure I was really ready to talk about it, but, um, yeah. uh, well, I watched it like back when it first oh, well, came back out when it came out and I was like, I don't know. And then we talked about other stuff. So now that there's the next season, yeah, of a, little it, a little more, I mean, and he's trying to, you know, get another trial yeah. and all this baloney it's drama. Yeah. Drama. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much for listening. We know you make a choice when you listen to us. We don't just come on the radio. We really appreciate that you take some time and spend it with us. And we really hope that you will tell a friend because it's so much more fun when you can listen with a friend. And until next time, be safe, be kind, and wash your hands. Bum, 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 bum,